¿Cómo se llama? Seth Wickersham wrote the longest article in human history, but it was about the Patriots' inevitable downfall, so I suggest you all read it at ESPN.com. I've retweeted it a number of times, at underscore Adam Crowley. That's where you can join me on the Twitter.com. You can, of course, give us a ring, 412-922-2874. Guys, I don't think this is overblown at all. I think this is legit. I think there is a schism in New England. Why do we always use this word schism? The first time I ever heard the word schism was when I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings when they had that hooker ship. Was that that hooker cruise that they had? They had some hooker pirate ship, and half the team was like, ah, we can't be partaking on the hooker ship. And the other half was like, hell yeah, hooker ship. Nice. We're doing this. Right here in Huggership, and it created a schism. Well, now apparently the big three, the holy triumvirate, Tom Brady, Bob Kraft, and Bill Belichick, well, they're not getting along. And as this is Pittsburgh, this is not only the number one story in New England, it is also the number one story on the Crowley Show, and I'm loving every friggin' second of it, baby. Now, I don't know... If everything that's being reported is accurate, there are always people who are trying to get something done. There are always people who are trying to push their own agenda. In fact, a lot of this stuff, to me, sounds like it might be coming from Belichick himself. But if all of that's the case, there's still something going on. If there is an agenda to push, that means there is some sort of an issue. If there is an agenda to push, that means somebody there is perturbed. And if somebody's perturbed, we've learned something now about the New England Patriots, something that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. They are, in fact, human. They breathe. They tie their shoes every morning. They button the shirt. They cut off their sleeves. They are just like you and me. And more importantly, they're just like the Pittsburgh Steelers. The New England Patriots are perfect. Nothing they do is wrong. They're always perfect in crunch time. They're star-spangled awesome. They never have distractions. Well, you know, except for that murderer that they let in their huddle a couple of years ago. A little bit of a distraction. Randy Moss, a little bit of a distraction. Corey Dillon, not a great guy. They've had their own issues. They've had their own distractions come through that locker room. This is a real problem. Whether or not you believe that Tom Brady went over Bill Belichick's head and asked for the trading of Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to at least acknowledge that the fact this story has been written means that there is something going on in New England, which means to me that they're vulnerable. Now, I've said in the past, and I said yesterday, that I think distractions are overrated, but I like to see the impenetrable become penetrable. I like to see the bulletproof vest stop working. I like whenever what is perceived to be perfect, what's up on a pedestal, to no longer have a place on the pedestal. New England wins football games. Bill Belichick's really good at what he does. Tom Brady's really good at what he does. Robert Kraft, whatever. He's an owner who just so happens to have those two. Good for him. His macaroni and cheese sucks. Don't care so much about Mr. Bob Kraft. I'm tired of hearing about how 
they're above everyone else and everything that they do is perfect. It's not. They just happen to be better at that one thing. Even today, I was listening to Wingo and Golick or Golick and Wingo, whatever it is that's now the milk toast boring show that they've got on in the morning on ESPN National and right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Give them a listen. They're different than me. Give them a shot. Probably shouldn't poop on the morning show, but we do things differently here on the Crowley Show. Wingo says, I've never seen a team operate in crunch time better than the New England Patriots. And I think they're going to be able to persevere through this because of that. Hey, Wingo, they really kicked ass in crunch time when the ball was going through Wes Welker's hands, right? And then Welker's girlfriend was screaming at Tom Brady on the walk out of the stadium. That really all worked out perfectly, huh? Did they succeed in crunch time when they lost 17-14 to to the New England Patriots? Did they exceed in crunch time, or to the New York Giants, pardon me? Did they exceed, succeed in crunch time when what's-his-face was pulling the ball off his helmet? I don't think so. I don't need to know his name, David Tyree. He made one play. Special yes. teams player. That guy stinks. Were they a successful team when they lost the next time to the New York football giants? No. They get so much credit because they've won a bunch. But people forget they went 10 years between championships. This isn't an organization that's dominant the way that, say, the Alabama Crimson Tide are in college football. If they win this championship game, they're going to win five out of the last nine. That's insane. The Patriots have had their downtime. The Patriots have had their failure. In fact, they've benefited from a lot of luck. They benefited from luck against Seattle. They benefited from luck last year when they were up down 25 points and they found a way to come all the way back. Now, good for them that they didn't give up, but you have to have the other team poop down their leg in order to be able to come back in a situation like that. They're not perfect. I'm tired of the narrative. I'm tired of everything that they do being the right way to go about things. They traded Chandler Jones. It was a terrible move. They got rid of Collins. That's a terrible move. They're not perfect. Bill Belichick's not perfect. And this story today illustrates and orchestrates that they're nothing like what we've perceived them to be this entire time. They're no different than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have their distractions. They just happen to win through them. Steelers this year, 13-3, and despite all their distractions. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. There's so many different tentacles to this. We'll get to those throughout the course of the show. Before we do that, though, not 100% today, ladies and gentlemen. I got myself an injury that I'm dealing with. Nursing, in fact. Got a little cyst above my eyebrow. It's no big deal. I'll survive. I think I'm going to be all right. Woke up with it this morning. Had it back in July. Dermatologist told me back then, it's a little too small right now. It'll go away in a couple of days. Don't worry about it. You know what? You come back. If it's bigger, we're going we're gonna to fix it for you. We're going to inject it. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And you know what? We'll do it for free. That's what my dermatologist said. Today, wake up, 7 o'clock. Nice. This son of a gun hurt like a bitch. So I call up 7 o'clock and say, hey, got to see the doctor. She said walk-ins are fine. Receptionist says, we don't do walk-ins here. I said, it's me. It's fine. She told me. She told me I could do it. Don't you know who I am? I'm Adam Crowley. I'm a major medium market star. Come on. 
it wasn't a, it's me because it's Crowley. It was a, it's me, Adam Crowley, your previous patient, who you said can come in and we'll just lance this thing or we'll inject this thing. We'll shrink this thing, okay? So she goes, uh, let me see what I can do. And instead of putting me on hold, she does that muffle. She muffles the phone like this. She muffles it. Oh, no. And then she says, he, he says you said he could come in. She goes, tell him 9.15. So they schedule the appointment, 9.15. I come in. Good of them to see me. Even though they told me that they'd take me whenever before. Good of them to see me. So I come in. She takes a look at it. She goes, oh, it's huge. Said, yeah, it's pretty big. I've never had that said to me in my life, by the way. So I like the fact that she said, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Nice. In that circumstance, though, not the best thing to hear. I said, okay, what are we going to do about this? She says, I, I can inject it, and we can could, we could try to cut it a little bit and see if the, the, the awful stuff comes out. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Probably disgusting. Probably, yeah. I, I bet you, you ever broken into one of those mozzarella sticks? Yeah. And yeah. you pull it apart? Yeah. I imagine that that is what's inside of me right now. Yeah. A, a lot yeah. of that uh, up above my left eyebrow. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. And she goes, it is pretty big, though, so we're going to have to have the surgeon come in and look at it first. So the surgeon comes in. She's looking at it. Both of them are looking at it together. I'm thinking, what the hell? I got two two of these women in here, two of these doctors. They're both looking at my eye. She says, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to numb it, we're going to lance it, and we'll see what happens. The surgeon leaves, Wait. and the non-surgeon stays to lance me. Because it's not like a surgery. It's something that they should She's be able to take to care of. She just the thing and be she like, wanted, yeah. Exactly. Oh, she God. wanted the surgeon to be like, okay, this thing is not that bad. Let's lance it right here. Surgeon does say that. Surgeon leaves. So this doctor slices me, numbs me. First, though, she numbs me, right? And she's like, all right, I'm, gonna get, I'm just going to get in there. Like a second after she stuck the needle in. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to get in there. I was like, can you wait a second? I, I want to make sure this t you're, you're yeah. going to test it at yeah, all? Like, like, I she was going to slice it right off the bat. I was like, what the bleep is this? You're going to slice it right off the bat? Oh, no. So she starts poking it, and I couldn't feel it. So I figured, okay, we're good. Proceed. She slices it. There's blood. I didn't feel a thing. Whatever. You're internally panicking during this. Oh whole my god! Thing. Like I am. There's a whole thing going on. You right? know me. Yeah. I'm an anxious yeah. son of a gun. Yeah. Like if I would have known it would have been this bad, I would have had a couple of beers beforehand. <laughs> but I couldn't. So I'm in the chair. I actually said to her a couple of times, "Ah, this makes me a little nervous. I'm a little anxious." So you get you get like full Chandler from Friends. I do. You're like I'm, I'm making jokes cracking. left and right. Oh, and yeah. In fact, I said, "Is this going to affect my sex life?" Oh, no. And she said, well, well no. I said, well, I'm going to be a little bit lighter because you're going to cut this thing out of me. Doctor doesn't nice. get the show. No, she didn't get it at all. She didn't even laugh. She was like, no, your sex life should be fine. Okay, thanks, doctor. <laughs> so eventually, after this thing's numb and she sliced it, she starts pushing on it every way because she's trying to get the, the mozzarella cheese out of the stick here, right? So she's pushing it back and forth. She's like, you know what? It just won't come out. It's like, can you go get the surgeon talking to the, the nice woman who's sitting there? And the woman says, okay, I'll go out and find her. So the surgeon they already sent out. Right, exactly. She goes out, can't find the surgeon, comes back in, tells the woman who's cutting my head, surgeon's not here, can't find her. So my dermatologist says, okay, we're going to have to charge you for this one because it was so extensive. Oh, no. I know. And then you're going to have to come back next Friday. We're going to put you on antibiotics. This thing will shrink, and when it shrinks, you should be able to take care of it in no time. So now they're charging you, and you have to come back. So I'm irritated because she told me the first time around oh, no. to come back when it's bigger. Okay? <laughs> then when it's bigger, she tells me it's too big to be free. It's a doctor's paradox. It's a doctor's catch-22. She got me all caught up in her doctor games. 
And really, what am I going to do? So I got to pay 40 bucks for this copay. I got to come back next Friday. I got I got triple copay. She's milking copay out of here. Triple. I'm I'm sitting here 120 bucks down. I'm going to be pumping what do you call that into my system? Antibiotic. Oh no. They're getting you from every end. And I still have this cyst and I'm 120 bucks out. This is going to be like a $5,000 little bump. Like when it's all said and I'm good. a little pissed like off. It's a Beamer payment. You know? Should I have just allowed her to lance this thing in the middle? Because what she told me was if they just went surgical, that there could be a scar. Oh, wait. So there was an option to get this done today, there but was you an opted option, out because... There was an option to get... Out of vanity? To get the thing out? destroyed. You're married. You don't she, need... She told me don't... she could have taken care of it today, though. You should have let it take... So a scar she, was the only thing holding you She back, told me though. she could have taken care of it with the initial injection. Whenever the surgeon was there, yeah. their thought process was, oh, we'll lance it a little bit, and we'll shoot it up, and it should be fine. Okay. So I said, okay, let's do that. Now I feel like I'm in too deep. Like, I already gave that a shot. I don't want to get sliced down the middle now. No. A little irritated with this whole process. Yeah, that sucks, man. Like, she's milking you. That's that's bad stuff. I, I know. I just get rid of my cyst. That's all I ask. Like, that's the weird thing about, like, medicine, too. Like, it's not like... It, they're starting to treat us like it's Walmart. You know? Like, you walk in and you're like... Except with doctors, they tell you what you're going to buy. It's like, hey, you're going to go to Al 4 and you're going to pick this up. I don't really right, have a here's decision. here's what we're going to do. You know what? You can't buy everything you need today because you need to come back next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a fee to get in the door, too. It's like layaway. So to get in the door here, you got to pay us a small fee every time you come in, but you can't get that second rug until the week after next. Yeah, it's, it's BS, man. Like, it's crazy, dude. They it's got crazy. me right where they want Meanwhile, me. Meanwhile, you got a big Band-Aid over your eye. Yeah, I mean, and you could still see the bump. Oh, yeah. You I can, mean, yeah, and yeah. if I didn't have this, you'd see this black and blue, disgusting creation. It wasn't black and blue at first, but then she started prodding it and stuff. Can I see it? No, I'm not taking the Band-Aid off. You didn't bring a spare Band-Aid. No, I didn't bring a spare Band-Aid. Yeah. I didn't expect for my co-host slash assistant program director to rip off my well, freaking got Band-Aid. A, when you got a wound like that, dude, that's just common practice to bring a spare Band-Aid. If the Band-Aid comes off, I'll survive. Uh, let me see it. I'm not showing it to you. Please. I'm not taking it off. Show it to me. If it comes off organically, then I will show you. Like? Like if I sweat it off. Tom. Tom's not taking it off. Rip if you p- touch it, I will kill you because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredibly painful. Well, I'm sorry you got to go through all that, man. You know what the most painful thing is? Not the cyst itself, but I have a finite amount of skin on my head. Yeah. Uh, we all do. And they're going to cut it. Well, no. It's that now there's something else that's occupying the real estate. So there's more me underneath the skin, but the skin didn't do anything about it. So I'm in all kinds of pain. Yeah, it's uh, well, very frustrating. Hope you're better, man. Yeah, well, I'm not, and I'm $40 poorer. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. And, in fact, if you've got a home remedy, let's try that shiz out. Oh. I, if I don't have to go back by that's Friday. That's a good idea. Yeah, if I don't have to go back on Friday. Man, that's gonna that's going to save me a copay. Dude, so, I'm going to find you a home remedy right here. Let's see what we can do yeah. about that. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've got a theory on this Brady-Belichick-Craft thing that you haven't heard yet. And I'm going to run it by Brian and you next. It's the Crowley Show. I got an offer, a correction here. 
feel pretty bad about the way the last segment went. Still pissed at my dermatologist. has nothing to do with that. I said something I don't mean because I was angry. I was upset. I was frustrated. I was going off on something I'm very passionate about, the New England Patriots. And what I said is that Kraft macaroni and cheese is, is not good. And that's just wrong. I really like Kraft macaroni and cheese. In fact, my favorite kind is the SpongeBob kind, because nice. you could you can like chew it, and then, and then the sh- the cheese shoots out like cheese is in the nooks of it's the crannies. It's in the crannies. Yeah. I always like to suck SpongeBob dry. Oh, sorry, I want it back. Nice. <laughs> I want it back. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Sometimes I like to just have Squidward in my mouth. Ah, damn it! Ah, did it again. Ah, jeez. Nice. Oh wow. Yeah. Sometimes I like Sandy to get a little squirrely up in there. Oh, nice. No. I really do like Kraft nice. Mac and Cheese. It is good stuff. I feel man. bad. I feel bad. They're not an advertiser or anything yet, but we'll make that happen. See, dude, I got to call audibles on it, though. Like, I'll make the base stuff that comes in the box, but then, like, I got to add myself some shredded cheese. Like, oh, I, th- oh. I don't even know what kind of spices I'm throwing in there, but I feel like it's good if I throw them in there. Like, hey, I got some garlic powder here. I'll throw that in. Got some onion powder. That yep. sounds like it'd be good. It does. And dude, like my final product, it's pretty, pretty damn gourmet. My father-in-law makes sriracha mac and cheese. See, that's another good thing. It is delicious. Yeah. What I do is I take some of the pico breadcrumbs, throw them on top. Got to throw extra cheese in, and I'm oh, talking yeah. about sharp cheddar that gets all yeah. up yeah. in the shiz. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, yeah, cooking a little bacon. Oh, ripping, see, ripping her up. In the macro- ripping yeah, her up. Bacon I'm not talking macro- about bacon bits either. Like, I'm no. making my own bacon, I'm crisping that shiz, and I'm sprinkling bacon. it all up in there. Yeah, you need the real stuff. Okay, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's how bacon, That's how you make it good. Bacon doesn't come in a jar. And then you bake it again. Yeah. Oh, that. see? And you rebake it. Make it all crusty, so you're basically cutting a cake. Wow. That it's just a mac crazy. and cheese bakery cake. Yeah, dude. That, like, if you don't like that kind of mac and cheese, you're clearly a snob. Man, you're just you thinking hell. about it. Like, oh, that's in a box. It couldn't be good. It's cheap. No, but it is awesome stuff, man. God, now I'm hungry. We get that out of the way, I think. Yeah. Uh, I we, think. we cover our tracks just in case they're a, uh, a sponsor there. Okay. Brought to you by Kraft. Yeah, brought to you by Kraft. It is the Adam Crowley Show. 412-922-2874. Man, I got to have a six-pack by the end of the month, and let's be <laughs> real. I'm eating mac and cheese for dinner. Yeah, a little bacon. I mean, that's 1,500 calories right there, right? Easy. I yeah. mean, easy 1,500 calories. Dude, can we calories. just be honest about that? You're not going to make this six-pack. There's, the, I don't think it's physically possible at this point, right? Uh, first off, that's rude. No, I mean, dude, I'm not saying you look bad. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that a six-pack mm-hmm. is a level of achievement that is, like, above normal. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, would, it takes some hard work to get to a six-pack. You're telling me I'm not working hard? I think you are at this point, but I think you may have slacked I slacked the first enough. month. Yeah. I will, I, will, like, I will appreciate that like criticism, and I will take it to heart. You procrastinated long enough to the point where it's an issue now. Like, you may not make this, and I think it's leaning towards you will not make Yeah, this. the upper abs are showing uh, after my two-a-days this week. But that bottom's tough. The that's bottom's the, the hardest part. part. And yeah. that's, that's basically all diet is the bottom part of the abs. And unfortunately for me... As hard as I'm working, you and Joe and KDO are just a landmine of trying to get me to bleep up. Katie today offered me one of those mulattoes. Milan, Pardon me. Milano. Pardon me. Milano. 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 One of those Milano cookies. <laughs> yes. And I ate it. 
This segment brought to you by Kraft. It's 70 calories, that one little cookie. I ate it. So she's trying to get me to screw up. Joe, two days ago, had this giant piece of candy, this giant chocolate bar, trying to get me to eat it. Every day you're pointing out things that taste good. I think you guys are. I know what you're trying it, to it's do. Not you're trying, it's not happening. It's sabotage, look, man. This is we're not sabotage. There's just a lot of food around us. Sabotage. I will admit that Joe was like purposely eating in the window the other day, like yes. a, a sausage parmesan, like, and he was like, he he was pretending to hide it from you, but I think he was seriously like actually like trying. Everyone's to like pretending it. like it's not about me. It's about me. I'm avoiding it all, dude. I'm not eating anything. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Let's go to Chris in Castle Shannon. Next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, Adam. Nice to talk with you. Hey, yeah. I, I heard your problem. I got a possible solution for you. In my home library, I just happen to have a book entitled "The Doctor's Book of Home Remedies." And there's a couple of them here for you. A guy by the name of Vero Tyler, professor at Purdue University, so he's got some cred. He does mentions folk nice. remedies such as poultices of warm milk and bread. Oh. Thank Stick that on there, and it might help you out. He also so wait mentioned... a second, wait a second. So, like, dunk the bread in milk, like yeah. warm up the bread with the milk, and, and slap it on Apply there. Apply it like a plaster. I guess you'd have to hold it in place with some sort of adhesive. Okay. He gives a couple other ones, but I don't think you'll find them in January. He recommends burdock leaves or the mud of a wasp's nest. I'm not sure why, but oh. I think... Must have is, there, a... is there anything about the love of a virgin in there? Uh, unfortunately, no, but, but there is something that sort of has some greasy stuff to it, if that applies. Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, his next solution here is to pack on material called Denver Mud, which he says is available over the counter. It's a drying agent. Know. You put it on at the first signs, and it supposedly dries it up and pulls it out for you. So if you go to a pharmacy, try to ask for Denver Mud. Is that poop? Uh, <laughs> well, if it's associated with the Broncos, it might be. How about that? Nice. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate <laughs> hey, it. Hey, but before I let you go, I'm the guy who gave you the props on the UFO show through your boss, Mr. Green. I don't know if you recall that from when you had the UFO show one. Oh, you gave me, I thought you were talking like stage props. Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, you you know, meant I, like I was, represent. Yeah, I was Yo. the guy who wrote yeah. the email, and I just wanted to tell uh, you, do that again sometime. That was interesting. We're on it, man. Okay. Appreciate it. You're Thanks welcome. a lot. Bye. There's, there's Chris. He's helpful. Can I ask you a question about Chris? He's a huge asset to the show. Can I ask Thanks. you a question about him? Sure. Does he sound like a guy who was alive in the 20s, who took a time machine and now... And still speaks like he would have spoken. Oh, you talking 20s. like ah? Oh, see, yes. See, hey that's, there, Adam. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, I like my good fella. Yeah. See, yeah. I like that guy. That guy's awesome. That guy's awesome. He wants more alien talk, and he's trying to help me avoid dying from this growth on my and face. And that's good stuff. And that's something we can do, man. I mean, alien talk never gets old, right? I'm a hundred percent sure. Not that alone, man. The X Files is back. It's hot. Denver mud is poop. It's got to be, man. That's like I was thinking, like that's bull. Bleep. Bull bleep. Yeah. No, it's bull yeah. bleep. That was, uh, yeah, because that sounds like a thing. You know, like Rocky Mountain oysters? Exactly. They're... Exactly. I tripped on an oyster once uh, whenever I was nice. over at Diesel. Ow. Yeah, I don't think it was an oyster, though. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Are you sure that that guy wasn't a plant, though? A plant from you and from Not Joe from me, and no, from man. KDO? Look, I'll be Is honest. Is he trying to get me to eat bread and drink warm milk? Is he trying to make me not be able to fulfill my six-pack promise? No, the bread and milk, first thing I thought of is there's some kind of bacteria there, and it's like along the lines of penicillin. Now, like, now you know me. I'm no scientist in any way, shape, or form. Not even close. So, I mean, I'm, it's a long shot there.
You know, but I imagine there's some kind of like properties in wheat that create something good. I think those are all good like home remedies. I don't know until I try. I don't know. I mean, I'm always a fan of home surgery. You know what I mean? If it's like a, a, a toenail that's off or something, or you got like a boil in the wrong place, like I think a lot of times you can take care of that with like, I don't know, nail clippers and like a sewing needle. Oh, really? You could take care of a toenail with nail clippers? Sometimes you need to get in there. I mean, like, yeah, that's, not, that, that's I'm what talking, it's for. I'm, that's why they create that. No, dude, you oh, know what did I'm you, saying. Did you, you use the uh, steak dude, knife to cut your steak? you're just being silly, dude. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I had a buddy. You got one that's hung up in there or something. You got to cut some skin away. Home surgery. I had a buddy who, all do who it. sliced the bottom of his foot on the ocean floor and then took floss and sewed his foot back together. See, that's, that's a dedication. Home, that's home right surgery there. right there. I knew a guy at lacrosse camp nice. one year who actually, he busted his toe and it was all that pressure built up under. He took a paper clip, heated it up with a lighter, and drilled a hole in the top of his uh, toenail to sure. relieve the pressure. Like on his own, man. Sickest thing ever once that thing blew. Yeah, it makes sense. I would have yeah. thought to do the same thing. Now, how do we get on like a whole show here of like cysts and boils and doing gross stuff. Because I've got a cyst. A cyst is different than a boil, though, by the way. Oh, sorry. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be put into the boil crowd. This is not an acne thing. Dude, this isn't like a class thing. It's not an acne thing, though. I had my battles with acne. I'm not going back. Well, a boil can be something without being acne, right? Yeah, if you get your pasta to a boil. I mean, why do you have to look down on people with boils? Look, man. I battled my acne. I'm not going back. Okay. This is something... Totally different. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Here's a thought. When it comes to the Brady Belichick craft situation that I haven't heard out there from anybody else, Brady doesn't trust Belichick. He doesn't trust him. Bill Belichick is ruthless. Bill Belichick looks at this as a business and solely a business. Bill Belichick is a robot and not a human. So Brady, having been there the entire career of Bill Belichick, for the most part, in New England, he knows that Brady's just another commodity to him. Brady's just an action figure in this little game he's playing. And when your action figure breaks, you buy a new one. And I think Brady knows that. Brady sees that Chandler Jones is the most sacks in the National Football League this year, and he was tossed aside last year. Brady knows that this is the way it's been done in New England forever. People have always said it's a known thing that the Patriots cut players before their career's done. They cut players when they're on the downside of their career. They don't wait until the player has bottomed out. They even cut players before their career is over. I think part of Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick is that he's got a massive ego and he likes to see that he can win without all these great players. And I think that Brady feels the same way, which is why Brady, in my opinion, went over the head of Bill Belichick, went to Robert Kraft and said, look, man, I got five years left. I can do this. We can win more championships. You don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. He might be good, but I'm the greatest of all time. And Kraft says, okay, I buy it. Bob Kraft goes to Belichick and says, look, you got to trade Jimmy G. Brady's our guy. We don't want Brady looking over his shoulder. And I think all of this is born from fear. 
I think all of this is born from everything that Brady's seen Belichick do over the years. And eventually Brady realized, you know what, I'm not different than any of these guys. I am the quarterback, but Belichick's yelling at me in players' meetings. Belichick's yelling at me in front of the team whenever they're doing the film reviews. Belichick doesn't treat me any differently than he treats anybody else, which makes me feel like I'm just one of the guys. And the rest of the guys don't survive when the rest of the guys are on the downturn. And I think Brady knows that even if he can play to 45, he's not going to be able to last. His quality of play is not going to be able to maintain what it's been throughout his career. In fact, we've already looked at the December numbers. We looked at them earlier on in the week. He's got a quarterback rating of 81. Landry Jones' career quarterback rating is 82. That's not good. So Belichick's thinking, let's see what we can get out of Brady this year. And then after this year, he's probably thinking in his mind, at least to Brady, we're going to move on to the younger, sexier model. And Brady said, we can't have that. And then Bob Kraft did the dumb thing. Bob Kraft did the human thing, but Bob Kraft did the dumb thing. The human and the dumb thing being, I'm going to go with the guy I love. I'm going to go with my heart as opposed to go for what makes most sense logically for the team moving forward. Jimmy Garoppolo has looked great in San Francisco. Bill Belichick saw that every day. Bill Belichick knows what this guy can bring to the table. So does Tom Brady, which is why Tom Brady went to Kraft. Kraft made this decision, and according to this report, according to this Seth Wickersham story on ESPN, he was furious. Furious. Consider what was on the table for Jimmy Garoppolo reportedly prior to the season. We're talking about packages, man. And we all love packages. We're talking nice. multiple round draft picks. We're talking about the King's Ransom. Why do you only get moved for a second round pick? When reportedly, A.J. McCarron, the backup in Cincinnati, was going to get more to go to Cleveland than Jimmy Garoppolo was to go to San Francisco. Because Bill was pissed. Bill knows he's walking away in the next couple of years. Bill says, Okay, you're telling me what to do? You're not going to let me have autonomy? You're not going to let me be the guy? Well, then F you. I'm going to trade him just like you want, but I'm not going to get anything for him. I'm going to get a second-round pick. That's it. I think it all starts with Tom Brady being paranoid. It all starts with Tom Brady realizing that Bill Belichick doesn't look at him any differently than he looks at any other player, and it went all the way back to Robert Kraft. Coming up next... I know how Belichick feels right now, because he's never felt this way in his life. I'll tell you how next, the Crowley Show. Not feeling great about the future of his career, because at that injury time, he's still later in his years, you know? And he's hurting for the first time seriously in his career. He's not maybe thinking straight. This guy offers something where he's going to heal, heal naturally. This guy does something around that, and it makes it look like it helped. You know, and then he gets his ear. All of a sudden, this guy's now his godfather. Like, that's not a natural thing. He's not Brady's godfather. No, Brady's son's godfather. He's Giselle's child's whatever, godfather. Whatever it is. Okay. You know? but hey, this yeah, guy, get it right here. This guy We're has a journalistic dr- show. He's drilled. We are not. He's drilled his entire way yes. into this guy's life. You know, and, and that's what happens. Now, all of a sudden, maybe once in a while, there's a, like, you know, maybe these Patriots don't, like, I don't think they appreciate what you do, Tom. 
You know, I mean, oh, look, it's yeah. great. You know, it's great. You're you're awesome. We know that. But is it really about Belichick or is it about you? I mean, who's really in charge here, Tom? I'm just asking, you know, because I'm curious. This story comes out. This one, the one that Seth Wickersham comes out. A couple of months after the story comes out that Guerrero's been banned from the New England Patriots. Now, Guerrero had been coming to meetings, which is insane to me. That got taken away. Like, like supposedly saw team medical records. Big no-no. So this is a big no-no. He became part of the staff, except he wasn't an official part of the staff. So he's coming around to these meetings. He's seeing the records. That got taken away a little while ago. But he was still coming around the sidelines. He was still in the facility. Still had himself an office at the facility. Belichick put the kibosh on that a couple of months ago. Yeah. That's where this story comes in. That's why this story was written today. Yeah. Because finally, Guerrero got shoved out, and now there's been two months to marinate, and that's where your theory comes in, Brian, where yeah. he's, he's, he's taking his hand, he's putting it on the, on the leg of Tom Brady, he's looking him in the eye and saying, buddy, I'm just here to help you, right. and they're not letting me right. help you the way I need to help you. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And the timing of some kind of shyster like that is perfect because it is towards the end of Tom Brady's career. You do have a little bit of a doubt planted because of what you mentioned earlier in the segment. There's there's an M.O. of getting rid of players before their prime is exhausted. You know, so, like, he's got a seed of truth there. Whether that would happen with Tom Brady, who knows, because they're the last team who wants to become or, or find themselves in a situation like the Giants with Eli, where there's that kind of train wreck right. CF going on, you know? And, and he, for somebody who is a fraud, for somebody who is a manipulator, for somebody who is, is yeah, for lack of a better term, Charles Manson-esque, where they can make people believe things, it's perfect timing again. He used the injury to get in. Now he's using the end of Tom's career against him to where, like, these guys really don't appreciate what you're doing. Are they really doing this? Now they're coming after me because they're trying to hurt you, not me. I don't want to get in a fight, Tom. I don't want to cause any problems, Tom. You know, we've got a long relationship, Tom. Why would I want to hurt you, Tom? How bad of a guy is this, Guerrero? When you say that you've got a cure for cancer, oh, dude, you're a what bad a, dude. What a CDFer, man. Because there are some people, I don't know how many, but if you get one person to believe that you're going to cure them, and you've got cancer, and they're latching on to you and believing that you're the guy who can fix it, you know in your heart of hearts you ain't doing junk for that person. Nah, dude. That person's going to die. Because you proclaim to be able to do something that you can't. This is not a good person. No. He's not. And I saw he went to some he went to some Chinese school out in California. It was like the Chinese Western School <laughs> of Eastern Medicine. Yeah. Nothing to see here, people. It just happened to close down. And it closed down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like biogenesis with less science. Yeah, the West Coast is full of those kind of shady schools where some ex-hippie decides, like, hey, you know, I got an inheritance after my Trustafarian parents passed away, so now I'm going to open an Eastern medicine school and stick needles in people and call it New Age, you know? Now, yeah, I got to what say. what it is. I got to say. Nice. The cancer thing sucks. Like, that's garbage, yeah. to speak their vernacular. That is garbage. I don't like that at all. What I do like is this guy messing up the whole Patriots dynamic. Yeah, well, in that sense, I mean, like, yeah. Let's he's, go, baby. Yeah, I mean, keep it going, dude. I'm not going to hurt the guy. Like, if he's in the middle of the Steelers locker room, like, after you, dude, get out, you know? But, like, right. hey, this is like, a, this is like a virus in the enemy's locker room. <laughs> do you believe, 
I'm, I'm throwing it out to you because you're the most sensible person that has a headset on other yeah. than me right now. Yeah. You think that there's a possibility that Belichick planted all of this as a little motivation? Dude, that's way Machiavellian right there. It is, but I'll tell you why I don't think it's it, – it's not what happened – like, but, you're doing what media does. Like, they turn Belichick into a genius from any story. But like, he's not orchestrated. We've seen this before, <laughs> though. Maybe not quite this, but we've seen something like this before. You go back to when the Patriots are going to play the Eagles prior to that Super Bowl. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Okay, keep going. The Eagles in the city of Philadelphia planted their Super Bowl parade route, and somehow Bill Belichick came upon those documents prior to the game, and he used that as motivation. Now, every single team that plays in the Super Bowl has a parade route planned because you have to be able to go, 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 go. You win the championship, school's off the next day, and we're planning that parade. We got to go out there and parade this shiz. He used that as motivation. Now, it's, it's a far cry from this. So here come Belichick's pulling false flags. But just wait. But just wait. That was... He used deflate gate as motivation. He got the team to believe nobody thinks we can do it before. See, do you nobody see... thinks we can do it because we cheated before. Then uh, Spygate, vice versa. But Spygate coming to no one thought we could do it without cheating. How did we accidentally? He's used all of this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Somehow I feel like we're in the middle of an audition for WEEI in Boston. Like right now, like like is this like a, is this some sort of like tryout here? I don't Do, think is this there is what something happened. that I don't know about. I don't think this is what happened. You sound like Boston. I don't think this is what happened. Boston Homer theory. That's exactly what I say. You. You when I tell you to you bury the body in the mosh, <laughs> you bury the body in the bleeping mosh. Turn on Boston media right now, and they're using That's some the kind of a name stupid thing to turn into Belichick being a genius. You know, it's clearly the water that he uses. See what Belichick. We have these faucets in the bathroom that are slow leaking faucets, and what it does, it doesn't give them enough room. To, it doesn't give them enough water at a time where it keeps them slowly dehydrated. Did you see what they did? But it's Belichick. Did you see genius. what they did this last weekend? What did they do this? They they planted thermometers all throughout the, see, the, the Jets see, locker room. and that's why what I said is not that far off. Is this an audition for WEEI? I'm not saying it happened. Because Belichick's a genius. He planted Guerrero. I'm anti-Belichick is the genius. <laughs> like, Belichick planted Guerrero? No. Like, to create no, a no, rift, no, a no, rally no, 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 no. Now, you're taking it too far. I'm saying Belichick. I'm not saying this happened, but I'm saying if <laughs> if there's a conspiracy, mine's a lot more believable, Brian. My conspiracy would be that he's the source of Seth Wickersham's story. He's the one who said all this junk's going on, so that he can get it out there, so that his team can rally around it. Because guess what? Brady ain't playing as well, and he might need a little motivating factor. That's not what happened. But how did our WE audition go? I think it went well. We got to call Benzie. You think that we think that could work for you? Here's the bottom line: it works like this. Did you turn Belichick into a genius? Check yes. Check no. If it's no, dude, you don't go on to question two. If it's yes, you got the job. You see me go after Weei this morning? Yes, I did. Yeah, I tweeted this. 
Boston media homers and hacks are falling all over themselves trying to explain away the Seth Wickersham story. Another ESPN hit job, right, W-E-E-I? And, and true to form, that's exactly what you laid out, dude. You, you made it to the point where Belichick's a genius. I didn't say that's what I thought. I said that no, this is I what get some you. people I are get saying. You. I'm just saying. That's why I asked if it was W-E-E-I tryout. E-E-I responded and said, you must not be listening this morning, to which I replied, I'm not I'm just going based on the track record. See, and and being management, here's a funny thing to that. You know there's an intern on that Twitter account right there, and that intern started getting into a Twitter fight with some Joe, like, and they're like, hey, intern, cut it out, dude. Yes, exactly. Like, stop. Don't respond. Intern is the fish that got stuck in the hook. Yeah. yeah. And I was just about to reel him in before EEI was like, yeah, eh, like let's hey, not intern. let this happen. Easy on the Twitter account. But here's all I got to say about EEI. That is exactly the conversation they're having today. They all sat down prior to their shows. Callahan, whatever the bleep, all those jackasses at Boston. They all sat down and they said, how can we make this not a big deal? How can we explain this all away? Now, here's what I teased coming into this break. Bill Belichick's never felt this way before. (laughs) Can you imagine him today if he's not the leaker? And I know he's not. Bill Belichick thought he had all the power and it turns out his quarterback did it turns out Brady had that power if you believe like me that Brady went over the head of Belichick to Kraft and said I still got it trade that jack-a-hole then that means that Brady's got the power and Belichick does not Brady effectively made the personnel decision Brady effectively got the guy who was breathing on his neck out of town. And Bill Belichick had to do it. Bill Belichick had to make the move because Robert Kraft said so. So, Kraft's the guy wielding the sword, but Tom Brady's the guy who made this all happen. Who has his ear. And Bill Belichick, for the last 18 years, has been the most powerful coach in football as both a GM and a coach on a team that's won championships that goes to the playoffs every single year, for this to happen, I guarantee you right now, he's as mad as he's ever been as the New England Patriots head coach. And here's here's a thought about that, because is that smart for Kraft? Is he siding with the right horse there? Because, look, you've got a 40-year-old quarterback. No, I said that I said that earlier. Yeah. I, I said he was he was going with his heart there as opposed to going with his mind. I mean, with Belichick, you've got a longer more viable ceiling than you do with Tom Brady. Look, he's not going to play till he's 50. At best, you give him five years. At he's not playing for best, five years I either. I don't think so, and I'm just throwing that out there as long. You want Belichick on your side long term compared the, to Brady. The heart went with a guy who he treats like he's his son, and that's Tom Brady where his mind should have said, I'm the owner of this franchise. How can we be viable after Tom Brady's done? Right. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Whoopsies. He effed up. We discuss with Matt Williamson next. It's the Crowley Show.